0: Hey, welcome to today's online worship experience. I am Pastor Anthony and so glad that you are inviting us into your home or into your day, wherever you're watching or listening to this experience. I hope you're watching with some people. Maybe right now you're watching with your life group. Uh, maybe you're watching with your family. Maybe you're listening while you're on a treadmill. However you are absorbing this content today, we're just really honored that you took the time to invite us into your world. Uh, we want you to know we love you and we are walking this journey with you. As we say all the time at North Park, you were loved and we are cheering you on. And so uh, we really are doing that. Uh, we want to help you win the day, as the series talks about that we are currently in right now. And so as we dive into today's message, um, part two of Win the Day, why don't you grab your Bible and make sure that you have that with you uh, or your Version Bible app on your smartphone. You can actually go to the menu, hit events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's notes are going to be right there for you. Uh, Also, we hope that you will take the opportunity, especially if you're new to North Park, to jump over to northparkrdu.com and click the digital connect card. Give us the opportunity to learn more about you. I had the great privilege of sitting down with a new friend this week Um, Over lunch, um, first time I had ever had the opportunity to sit face to face with, uh, with this new brother in Christ, a new part of our church family who connected with us during COVID, during this pandemic right here online. Not only has he watched our services, but he's taken the step to join life groups. And now I've had a great opportunity to sit down and get to know him personally. We wanna get to know you. We wanna know what's going on in your world and let you know that you matter to God and you matter to us. So as we get ready to dive into part two of Win the Day, let's have everything ready to go. Our full undivided attention may be a place to write down or record some thoughts that God may speak to you about. And let's get ready to jump in together today.
1: Our job is to consecrate ourselves to God. And if we do that day in and day out, God is going to show up and show off. Flip the script. If you want to change your life, you have to change your story. Kiss the wave. The obstacle is not the enemy, the obstacle is the way. Eat the frog. If you want God to do the super, you have to do the natural. Fly the kite. How you do anything is how you'll do everything. Cut the rope. Playing it safe is risky. Wind the clock. You do not find time. You have to make time. Seed the clouds. You have to sow today what you want to see tomorrow. Yesterday is history. Tomorrow is mystery. Win the day.
0: How long have you lived? I'm talking about really lived. See, life is measured in moments. It's not just measured in minutes. It's easy to calculate um, age. It's very difficult to quantify life. And so like how long have you lived if you put all of those big moments together in your life and somehow equated those to minutes? How long have you really, really lived? We don't want to just count our days. We want our days to count. We want the world to be different because we're here. And so we want to create these amazing moments um, that are really the highlights of our life that we live for. Um, So how long have you lived? During this series, we are rediscovering how to make every moment count. And I believe that that's really what Jesus wants for us. In fact, in John 10 and 10, which is Kind of a verse we keep coming back to during the series. It's kind of the theme verse that will carry us through the seven weeks. Um, Is Jesus talking? So in my Bible and yours, it's red letters, right? That means Jesus is talking. And he says the thief's purpose, Satan himself, is to steal and kill and to destroy. And so all those beautiful moments of your life that include Uh, building relationships with other people, building relationships with Jesus, uh, going after the dreams that are in your heart, like just living to the fullest potential of every moment. Satan wants to rob every one of those things from you, to kill and to destroy those things in your life. But Jesus says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life, an abundant life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So how do we experience that abundant life? Maybe you look at your own life and your situations that you find yourselves in and you think, man, I don't feel like I'm living an abundant life. In fact, maybe you would use words like mundane, like maybe I'm just kind of living some mundane life or mediocre life. I'm not experiencing abundant life. Well, we want to rediscover how to do that every single day. We're actually using the book Win the Day by author and pastor Mark Batterson um, as a theme for this entire series. And many of our life groups are, are reading that together and they're asking a lot of questions about how to apply that each and every day in our lives. And I love that many of you are doing that together. So many of you have sent me pictures of the book that you've downloaded or that you've um, ordered off of Amazon. Really proud of you that we're, we're really diving into this stuff together and we're growing together. Um, also, there is a Bible reading plan on YouVersion where you can every day just read some of the scriptures that go along with, with many of the concepts that we're talking about. Uh, but together as a church family, we're just going all in, which is also a book by Mark Batterson that's really good um, on how to truly win the day. Aren't you tired of just counting your days? I mean, we're constantly looking forward to the next thing. We say things like, man, I can't wait till spring and summer gets here. Can't wait till I graduate. I know so many of our high school seniors are are ready to graduate. You just can't wait till you graduate. Can't wait till the end of the pandemic. Like we're all saying that. If we just get to the end of this pandemic, right? Things will be different. Can't wait till we go on vacation. Can't wait till retirement. Can't wait till we have kids. Can't wait till our kids leave. Like we're constantly waiting for the next big thing. We can do more than just count our days. We can make them count. We can win the day. It's it's really living each day on purpose and living each day with intentionality. It's about living above the stress and living above the anxiety that we find ourselves in every single day. And Pastor Mark Batterson is is offering us seven habits that we can apply every day that will help us to win every single day. The first habit that we talked about last week was flip the script. If you missed that, you can go back and and watch that. I encourage you to do that. Make sure you absorb each week of this content so that we can grow together. But today we're going to look at the second habit and to kind of get our minds ready for that second habit. I want you to turn with me to the book of James, Uh, James chapter one, and we're going to look at um, verses two through four. But before we do that, um, I like to know more about the history and the background Um, of these scriptures that we're diving into. So this book of James, who is this guy? James. So James is the half-brother of Jesus. I think understanding a little context helps this verse come alive for us even more. So James was the half-brother of Jesus. And in the beginning, he was very reluctant to follow Jesus as the Messiah. Um, While everyone else was just, yeah, this is the Messiah, let's follow him. James was very reluctant to do that in the beginning. Um, But when he did follow Jesus, when he did recognize that he was the Messiah, he followed with great devotion and was all in. In fact, the study of early church history tells us that that James was such a man of prayer that um, he had large calluses that were on his knees, much like the the knees of a camel, um, because he stayed on his knees in prayer and and putting his trust in God. And and that devotion was was such a high priority in James's life. It also tells us that James was a martyr. And in Jerusalem, he was pushed from a high point uh, of the temple, but the fall didn't kill him. But once he fell or he was pushed, he was actually beaten to death as he prayed for his attackers. That's a powerful thing. This was a man who didn't just believe it. This was a man who lived it. And so when you read verses of scripture like we're about to read, I think it comes alive even more when you understand the great level of devotion and application that the writer had in his own life. And so this is what James writes, verse two. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and not lacking anything. Now let's break that down just a little bit. Verse two, James basically says trials are inevitable. He didn't say if you have a trial in your life, count it as joy. It's not what he said. He said when. Um, when trials come, they are going to come in your life. Uh, you would probably fall into one of three categories. Someone who is currently going through something, someone who just came through something, or someone who is about to go through something. Like we, we're all, We're all going to go through something. We're all going to face trials. And James says, when you do, when you face those trials, consider it as an opportunity for great joy. Now, when we go through challenges, we don't really think about joy. Like we we think about resignation, right? We just want to quit. We don't want to do this anymore. It's too difficult. We're going through the obstacle. We're going through the challenge. We just want to stop. We want to find the escape hatch. We want to jump out of the plane with our parachute. Like we want to be out of this situation. But James says those opportunities aren't just opportunities for resignation. They are opportunities for great joy. Now, Mark Batterson in his book, "Win the Day, describes it this way. He says that we must be ready to kiss the wave. Kiss the wave. That's his really creative way of saying, consider it joy when you face trials in your life. Now, we can either fight Against the wave, or we can turn around and kiss it, or embrace it. A few years ago, my family went to the beach. We love to go to the beach, and we aren't people who surf mainly because there's sharks in the water, and I'm not going to get deep enough for the sharks to get me. And don't even tell me. I know, I know, I know. People say, "Well, you can." Sharks come in uh, just like little bits of water. Not in my brain. They're out there, so don't don't ruin the beach for me. Um, but I don't like to surf, and we're not really boogie boarding people. Um, We're not really good at that. What we like are to just jump the waves. And so me and my kids, even when they were really, really little, and now they're, you know, they're adults almost, um, we just get out and we just jump the waves. We love it. And the rougher that it is, uh, the more fun that it is. And we just have such a good time. We did this hour after hour, day after day, just having the, just the time of our lives, on this vacation, just jumping the waves, just riding the waves. We were kissing the waves. We were enjoying them. And I remember that it was the last day, kind of the last hour of the vacation. We're just trying to soak up every moment that we can. And, and finally, I get the look from my wife of, all right, it's time to go. We gotta pack it up. We gotta go home. And so I told the kids, okay, one more wave. We're gonna jump one more wave. We did. Um, and, and the kids are walking back. And I remember turning around, And looking at the beach, my wife, my kids, and I'm walking out of the water. And when I did, the last wave that hit me, hit me square in the back. It was was so powerful. And I remember when it did, like it just knocked me down. And I'm I'm like fighting for my life, trying to get out of this water. Um, But I got out of the water and I remember limping back to where we were on the beach. Man, my back, my neck, it just—it was like whiplash. I spent the next week trying to feel better from that situation. I was in the chiropractor's office. I mean, I was, in, I was in bad shape. All because I was thrown by this wave. The reality is the waves of our life are very powerful and we do get knocked around occasionally. We do get knocked down occasionally. And maybe you feel like me, you feel like you're fighting for your life or you're just limping from that last wave that crashed into you. But when we realize that those life experiences are a part of our spiritual growth and maturity, we learn to kiss those waves. We recognize that those waves, those experiences are a part of our story that shape and mold us into the people of God that we are ultimately called to be. Now, James in verse 3, he isn't saying that, that our faith is produced by trials. That's not what he says in verse 3 at all. Um, he says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So he's not saying that our trials produce our faith. In fact, Romans 10 and 17 reminds us that faith comes from hearing the word of God and diving into the scripture. That's where faith comes from. Instead, trials reveal what kind of faith we already possess. If you really want to see what kind of faith you have, if you really want to see where, where you are on the foundation that's being built in your life spiritually, then go through some stuff because our trials reveal the faith that we already possess. And, and when those trials are received in faith, what it does produce is endurance. Uh, Some translations, if you're following along, actually say patient endurance, right? So endurance, patient, that's what our trials are developing in our life is this endurance. Um, The great theologian that I recently was listening to said the only way to develop endurance is to endure. Who was that great theologian? Uh, It was actually the trainer on a workout that I did on the Peloton app, but I thought that was so powerful, right? It sounds something like a theologian would say, the only way that we can develop endurance is to endure. You have to go through something. And so if you're going to develop patience, if you're going to develop endurance, patient endurance, then you have to go through some trials. And that's how those attributes of your life are actually developed. And then verse 4 actually says, let it grow. Let it grow, which means it takes some time, right? So let this grow in your life. For when your endurance is fully developed, then you're going to be complete. You're not going to be lacking anything. And so I kind of got this word picture in my mind. And it's funny how you can look at the same verse of scripture over and over and over again. And all of a sudden you catch it on a different day and it, it just comes alive in a whole different way. I think the Holy Spirit does that for us. I think that's new revelation from, from passage of scripture that you've lived with for a long time. And, and so that happened to me this week. And I got this, this picture in my head as I was reading this verse. I could see us standing on one side of the trial, right? So I'm standing on this side and then there's this huge chasm. And on the other side is freedom, there's um, healing, there's adjustment, like the, the wholeness, whatever. The other side of the trial, how do I get from this side to that side, right? When there's this big chasm in the middle, how am I gonna cross this great divide and get to the other side of this challenge? And, and, and what I see in my head Is the bridge that's being built from this side to that side. The bridge is patient endurance. And every day, as that bridge is being built in my life, I take one step at a time through this challenge. My endurance is growing. My patience is growing. That patient endurance is growing. And and James says, So let it grow. And as that patient endurance is growing in your life and you take one step after another, you find yourself closer and closer to the other side to ultimately you are on the other side of that challenge. But I'll tell you what else is built every day is trust in God. Every single day as that endurance is being developed spiritually in your life, you are able to put more and more and more of your trust in God as you walk through something. Now, when you apply the first habit, uh, flip the script to this situation, here's what we learn. The obstacle is the way. I love how Mark Batterson puts this. He talks about the fact that obstacles in our minds get in the way, right? We wanna go somewhere, we wanna do something, but there is an obstacle that's getting in my way and I can't get what I want because there's an obstacle. I I can't get to the other side because there's an obstacle, there's a challenge, there's a trial. But when we flip the script and we look at this verse of scripture, what we're reading is the obstacle doesn't get in the way. The obstacle is the way, right? The obstacle is the way to our growth. The obstacle is the way to endurance. Our obstacle is the way to being complete and not lacking anything. Now, I know we don't like that because the obstacle is difficult to deal with but the obstacle is the way and I can tell you, I can tell you that every step that we take and our trust is being developed, it it just helps us when we face the bigger and more difficult challenges in our life because those challenges, maybe the smaller challenges of our life, don't feel small in the beginning. They don't feel small when we're going through them, But oftentimes, those are stepping stones to building our faith in such a way that when we do go through some of those big life-changing situations in our life, we're ready. We're ready for that. Loran Livingston, a pastor in Charlotte, North Carolina, actually wrote this. People who haven't been tested in the hottest of fires, they talk about their faith. Okay, so think about that first. So, So a person who hasn't really been through a lot, They'll talk about the faith that they have um, in, in, in Jesus. But I love what he says. But people who have been through it, they don't talk about their faith. They talk about his faithfulness. I love that. We can talk about our faith all we want, but when we go through some stuff, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how faithful he was in the middle of it. Now, it doesn't mean that kissing the wave isn't hard I mean, the bigger the storm, the bigger the wave. Often you're going to get seasick. I remember a few years ago we were on a mission trip to Tortola, the British Virgin Islands. It's a beautiful place to suffer for Jesus, right? And we were hopping from island to island. And um, I don't usually get seasick. I like being on the water. And I was up on this boat, and everything was good. But a storm came up. And as the storm came up, the boat got Um, a little bit more uh, motion, right? The the waves were bigger and, and we were just moving from side to side and everything was good until it started lightning and they made us go below the deck for safety. Now I couldn't see where I was. I didn't have the breath of fresh air in my face. I could smell the fumes from the engine because we were close to the engine room and I sat there just being moved from side to side. And finally, a person across from me said, you don't look so good. You look green. And and I thought, this is about to be like the worst experience of my life. And all of a sudden, a worker, someone who was um, on the boat, walks by me and literally has um, a handkerchief. And without even asking, just says, hey, smell this and puts it in front of my face. And I took a big whiff because I needed to breathe. And the next thing I know, I'm asleep on that table. I have no idea what that dude did to me. I have no idea what was was in that handkerchief. But I know I don't remember the rest of that boat ride. I remember waking up on the other side, right? This guy made me breathe something. And I I was honestly pretty thankful for it because that was a pretty miserable experience in in my life. You know, there's so many experiences that we've been through that leave us feeling seasick, right? We're we're being tossed from side to side and, and we don't often realize that we serve a God who has the ability to speak to winds and waves and say, peace, be still. And that literally the storm in your life obeys His command. So take a big deep breath And through the power of the Holy Spirit, let him breathe life into you. And kissing the wave isn't like ignoring what's wrong in your life. Instead, it's the opposite. It's confessing what's wrong, but professing what's right. So it's confessing what's wrong, but it's professing what's right. What's right? God's power at work in your life and in your situation. That in the middle of what you're facing, he's with you. And so often we find ourselves in these situations of our life, we focus so much on getting out of them that we fail to get anything out of them. Let me say that again. It sounds like I messed up what I just said. That wasn't a blooper. Let me say it again. We focus so much on getting out of them, we don't get anything out of them, right? We just want to get out of the situation when there is so much we can learn from these situations that we walk through. So much that we can learn about who God is and, and, and learn about ourselves as we walk through these difficult moments. And then we wonder why we find ourselves in the same situations over and over and over again. There's some lessons through these experiences that God wants us to learn. And maybe if we can get those lessons through our thick skulls, we can move on and stop having to go through some of those same things over and over and over again. Is it possible that the circumstance that you're asking God to change may be the very circumstance that God is using to change you. You want God to change the situation. But what God wants to change is you in the midst of the situation. So maybe our prayer should be instead of, God, get me out of this. Maybe the prayer should be a question. God, what is it that you want me to get out of this experience? Help me learn the lesson and help me learn it quickly. There's nothing wrong with asking God to change your circumstance. But his primary objective is changing you. His primary objective is what he wants to see done in your life. His plan fulfilled. His promises fulfilled in your life. So instead of always praying, God, get me out of this, let's start asking God, what do you want me to get out of this? How long is it going to take? I don't know. How long is the season going to last? I don't know. How long are you going to have to endure? I do not know. Sometimes God does just deliver us from the suffering. But here's what happens every single time, 100% of the time. He is with us in the middle of it. So right, as my dad would say, smack dab in the middle of your situation, there he is, just as close as the mention of his name. I want to end by reading James 1, 2 through 4 again, as we started today. But I want to read it from the message paraphrase because I love the way the message paraphrase puts this verse of scripture. And as I read this over to you today, just moments before we pray, I want you to absorb it. I just want you to take it in and I want you to let it be peace spoken over your life and your situation. Consider it a sheer gift. When tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of it prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that in the middle of our challenge, in the middle of our fight, storm, whatever we want to put Whatever name we want to label it with, God, you're right there. And so I pray instead of running from the situation or trying to get away from the wave that seems to be hot on our trail, God, we can't outrun our grief. We can't outrun our challenges. We can't outrun the wave. God, I pray that we would just stop long enough to just turn, to kind of embrace it and to ask, God, what do you want me to get out of this situation? What is it that you want to do in my life? what is it that needs to be developed? Is it my endurance? Is it my patience? Is there something in my character that you're wanting to to develop? And I pray that we would learn the lessons. And I pray that we would be reminded that you are with us. You are Emmanuel, God with us in every situation that we face. God, let us be reminded that we are never away from your presence. We can't run far enough. We can't hide from it. Lord, there is nothing that we can do to push you away. We can't sin too much that we just push you out of our... Today, God, may we be more aware than ever before that because of your love that you are right there, just as close as the mention of your name. So I pray we call that name we just speak that name, Jesus, over our situation, over our life, over our family. And I pray that you would be so sweet and compassionate and comforting to those who need it today in the middle of their fight. And Lord, I pray for those that don't have a personal relationship with you. Maybe they've never invited you into their heart. I pray right now that they would believe in their heart and they would confess with their mouth that you are Lord Lord, that you would wash, forgive them and set them free from the power the presence and the penalty of sin and that you would give them strength to live their life, to bring glory and honor to your name. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks again so much for joining us today. If you have a prayer request, we would love to join with you and pray about anything that you have going on in your life. Just jump over to northparkrdu.com and hit that prayer request button. Or if you're watching this online right now, there's a prayer request button just below the video. We would love to connect with you in that way. We believe that bold prayers honor God and that God honors bold prayer. So let's join together and let's see what God may wanna do in your life. Also, if you'd like to join a life group, um, I would love for you to let us know in fact i'm going to change it not if you want to join because you want to join a life group why don't you go ahead and send us a message we would love to get you plugged in to one of our groups and let me invite you next sunday to our next live in-person service that's right we're going to be at riverbend middle school on March the 7th. It's gonna be an outside, socially distant service and we would love for you to be with us. If you're not quite ready to do that, don't you worry. We will be right back here with you in your living room next week. We will continue to do the online services each and every week. Uh, We want you to know we're with you every step of the way. And if you would like to make an investment to build lifelong followers of Jesus. We invite you to hit that online giving button as we continue to reach our city, our community, our state and our world for Jesus. And we are so grateful that you partner with us to be able to do that. Your generosity has been overwhelming and we wanna thank you so much for making an investment to build lifelong followers of Jesus. We love you guys and we can't wait to see you next week.